Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Hello, I'm your host, Ed Clementi. We're very fortunate to have a good worker here at the MEDC. I have to admit, I haven't met her myself a lot, but it's great to meet you sort of the most, I think I've had a chance to. Uh, Terry Fitzpatrick, she's Executive Vice President, Chief Real Estate and Global Attraction Officer, as well as the Executive Director for Tribal Business Development at the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. It's a mouthful. Uh, thank you, Terry, for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's 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 great to talk to you about this because I've been wanting to get you on the show. I know quite a few different times, but things just seem didn't work out for us. So I'm glad you're on. And, you know, we're, we're having you on today for two things, kind of. One is to talk a little bit about what you do at your job because it's such a uniquely qualified job and how your background and your foundation got you to this position. And secondly, because you are a member of a tribe, and they'll tell us more about that, but why you do tribal business development and what it means to you, because this is um, we're just celebrating Native American Month, and I thought this would be a good time to have all this, have a chance to do two things at once. So anyway, first of all, let's go with your job, your regular job at the MEDC first. Okay, well, thanks again. My regular job, I'm, you just, you, you already gave out the title. Um, and I'll sort of tell you what I do. On the uh, real estate side, we look for sites across the state to use for business attraction and, and expansion opportunities. Uh, this is a program that other states have had in place for year, many years and even decades. And so Michigan's behind. We only started a couple years ago. And, um, during that, during those, that two year time period, we've, you know, built a, worked on building the program at the same time. We're working on a lot of deals. So it's, um, it's, that's very interesting and it's very, it's very busy because sites, uh, of course, between sites and talent, it's the biggest two things that companies are looking for in their decisions about where they're going to locate. And on the, the global attraction team, we, we lead all of the new attraction projects. So we have a global team in Europe and in Asia and also uh, U.S., North America, and uh, lead that team on doing outreach and, and making sure we're converting uh, leads to opportunities that lead to real projects for the MEDC. And then the Tribal Business Development Program I also oversee um, is, is a program I started for the MEDC back in 2010. I was recruited to start that. And um, at that time, there was like only two operating EDCs, tribal EDCs in the state um, and no, not a lot of business development uh, that's grown tremendously um, since we started on the program. And uh, a person that I hired when I was, when I started that back in 2010 is still with the Still with the program, even though I left, went to the private sector and came back. So there's been great continuity and development in that area. And uh, the fourth area is really falls under attraction, but that's the site selector outreach. So we deal with site selectors across the country um, and trying to encourage them to look at Michigan um, as a place to consider doing business in. Yeah. And it's like one of my 
well, legislatively, when I, you were probably maybe working there when I was in the legislature, but uh, I remember doing a lot of bills for them and quite a bit was for the same attraction issues, right? And usually it seems like, and could you maybe explain a few of the things most times companies, you know, when they want to move somewhere and it varies from what the company needs to what the state is or the geography sometimes. So what, what, what do you usually find the few top things people? companies. Well, consistently the top things that companies of any sizes, but especially, um, you know, the mobility sector as the, you know, uh, as we're going through this conversion in automotive um, industry in the country and, and certainly in the state, um, they have sites and talent. Like, do we have a place to, to, to build or to go to? And do we have the talent in the workforce to support our operating needs? Uh, not just now, but into the future. And then you have probably the third, um, but the third and fourth, uh, factors are, you know, uh, transportation logistics, uh, not just is there a highway or a railroad or port nearby, but how close are they? And then also energy, what kind of energy um, is available in the area? How long would it take to get, um, you know, enhanced energy if needed to the area? And then, and then the other one would be infrastructure um, related to utilities, sewer, water, stormwater, that. So all of the things that, you know, make a site ready for investment. That's what the companies are looking at. But without question, the focus is on sites and talent. Yeah. And then obviously it's like sometimes a pendulum, how that moves around because maybe 10, 15 years ago, it might've been a little different. And you always have to keep adapting your game plan, sort of your strategic plan as to how you sort of meet these needs, right? Yeah, that's so true. That's really true. And the thing that we don't know when we didn't have a site portfolio and we, or, a, you know, an active site program, um, an active talent um, engagement is uh, what did we miss? So it, part of it is that the industry certainly, I mean, the, the, what it changes what is needed to get these deals done, but also you don't know what you missed when you didn't have these tools available too. So uh, it's a good thing we're working on both of them now. And and it's up to you how you want to answer this next part, but uh, your career got you here uh, through a lot of different ways and that ties into the tribal business development. But can you sort of give us a retrospective? Like, cause you know, I don't think it's something you grew up thinking you were going to be doing this like most people. Uh, how did you get here and what other jobs did you have before you got here then? Yeah, that's interesting. I really have, um, I started working in real estate in 1985. So I'm getting, I'm getting pretty close to the 40 year mark of working in real estate. And I, I've done a number of different things. Um, I worked as a commercial appraiser for eight years and then um, I went, I lived in California then. I came back to Michigan, um, to my hometown in the Upper Peninsula. I'm a member of the Sault Ste. Marie tribe of Chippewa Indians. And I went to work for my tribe for 10 years and led up there, worked in their economic development um, arm, also was their real estate director for the, on the government side and the vice president of development on the enterprise and casino side. So, you know, very interesting um, interplay between the three of them, uh, different kind of land status for tribes that affects how you could get financing, especially back then in the 90s, how you can still get financing today. Um, and, you know, so that was a very, very important 
learning time in my career. And I, I went to work for the tribe, like the, the first, the year after the gaming was legalized in Michigan. So they're actually started to have some, begin to have some resources to do other things. Um, loved my tribal work still, uh, more than anything I've ever done because we got to see when we had an ex- a successful project, that money put back into the community in the form of education or healthcare or elder, elderly services. So the, you know, the, the joy of working in an Indian tribe is seeing what you can do for your people and your community. And you don't often get, um, to experience that very uh, so closely in anything else you do. So I worked for my tribe and then under, um, worked there 10 years under governor Granholm. I was a real estate director for the state of Michigan at a department of technology management, management and budget, um, for six years. And then I went to the MEDC to start the tribal business development program. But even when I was with, um, the, uh, DTMB, I served as a tribal liaison for the department. So I never really had a break in, um, in dealing with tribes in the private sector. Then I went in the private sector and did mostly, um, commercial development work, but also, um, did consulting with Indian tribes across country in economic and um, strategic planning for um, for economic development, diversification, and also for housing and just masterly and use planning for tribes. And so, that, you know, had that private sector experience. And then I came back and um, just a couple of years ago, uh, recruited to lead the site readiness efforts for the state. So I have a really unique perspective having worked, you know, in a tribe. So a lot with federal government and working for the state and then also working in the private sector kind of in between those two times that I, gives me a unique perspective when we're looking at deals and looking at projects because uh, there's a lot of uh, questions that get asked and process that needs to be complied with that many people you know, think the other party's being unreasonable or they don't understand why they're asking it, just being, um, you know, an impediment. But really, when you've seen it from all those sides, you understand that people are, for the most part, doing those things because it's required by a funding source or a, a legislation or something like that. So there's usually a reason there's not as many obstacles put up as people think. They just have to understand why things are being asked for. You're listening to The Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. What does it sort of mean to you? This is more of a personal question, maybe, but what does it mean to be a, a member of a tribe? Um, it, with it, it, with respect to economic, uh, just as growing, no, 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 just just you growing up as a person, like because I'm sure right. you're from. Well, I, I think it's, this, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm very proud to be a member, uh, you know, of an Indian tribe. I think that um, you know, it's been. I grew up in you know the late '60s, early '70s, so it was a very different. Um, tri- Indian people weren't treated that well. You know, they're very marginalized. Um, I would still. Still tell you that goes on today, but you know, um, in different ways. Um, and so, you know, very proud to be a part of a tribe. Very, very, um, I think I have so much gratitude for growing up in a, you know, with tribal people and in where there's such a strong sense of community that, you know, what you do, it really should be always to benefit, you know, others. And that, that comes back to you as well because you're part of that community. And so that community driven focus, 
um, really has tribes look at business differently. When tribes, you know, with gaming, people people think all tribes and all Indian people are rich because of gaming. That's that's not true. Um, uh, you know, a lot of tribes do not, you know, give out per capita or payments to their members. Our, our tribe is one of them that does not do that. Uh, revenues go back into the infrastructure of the community. Um, and that's the broader community because you're, you know, tribes where we are in Michigan, you're not in these isolated um, areas, thousands of miles away from others, you're incorporated into the community. And so um, when there are jobs and when there are benefits that, that tribes put into the community and healthcare and education and infrastructure, it benefits that larger community. So um, I think that that's, I feel very fortunate to have had that background and also um, be exposed to the, the cultural um, traditions and the spirituality of an Indian tribe compared to my Catholic faith. Um, it, it's an interesting blend. And so there, there are, there's, um, so much to learn from the way that, you know, indigenous people feel the connection to, uh, the earth and the world and their community in a, in a very, um, seamless way that you don't often see in other cultures that I've ever dealt with. Yeah. I've been to, I think that, you, the church you might have grown up with, St. Ignatius. Yes. Uh, yeah, often, yeah, I've been to the Mass there, but I'm Catholic, though. But. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I'm glad you did that. And that dovetails into your last question. Um, what If you could go back and talk to your 17-year-old self on this, before you had the path, uh, what would you tell yourself today? I would tell myself a few things, and I would tell others the same, is try to find your balance early on. You know, when you're when you're a hard worker and when you produce results, people will tax you. You know, they'll tax you personally. They'll tax you privately. And, you know, there's that saying, the days teach us must much that the years never know. And I think that's so true because you if you, you know, aren't really finding your balance and protecting your balance along the way, life just goes by really fast and you you miss out on a lot of things that um, are really important doing things that aren't. So I would say find your balance. And um, I would say take take risk. You know, I've made, I, I've worked on half a billion, I've worked on billion dollar deals, multi-million dollar deals, made people in the private sector tens of millions of dollars. And, you know, but I never had, I was never able to just take that risk and go out on my own to do those things for myself. And um, if you can do it for others, you can probably do it for yourself. So I would say, don't be afraid to take risk. Uh, the last thing I would say is, you know, make sure that you're not um, perpetuating the prejudices that you attribute to others. And um, I say that, you know, today in the 21st century, where there's been a lot accomplished, I still think there's a lot of bias against women, particularly. And it is often so you know, ingrained into our work and, and what we see and do every day that people don't think about it. And women can be just as bad as men at sexism. So you have to, you know, you have to be mindful of that. Like, you know, sometimes I, you know, will have females who I've worked with say, would you think that if I was a man, you know, honestly, you know, would you think that if I was a man or, you know, going into a room with colleagues and always assuming the man's the one who's in charge by the other parties. I mean, those things still exist today. And I think that you can't assume that it's someone else's responsibility to 
get past that, you have to take responsibility for your role in it as well. So I think that's what I would, I, that's what I would tell my 17 year old self. I hope they could handle that. That's a lot. Because <laughs> I know I wasn't ready for a lot of that stuff, I think, at 17. But it's the kind of stuff you wish someone would have told you at that point. You know, and that's the challenge. That's um, for sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, once again, our guest today was Terry Fitzpatrick. She's executive vice president for chief real estate and global attraction officer here at the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, as well as executive director for tribal business development. And you did a great job today, Terry, and I appreciate you taking some time to do the show today. Thank you. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.